We've been talking through this sermon series called Blessings, and as we've thought through this sermon series, it looks like this, is that when we engage in the things that brings, brings joy or pleases the heart of God, then blessings come upon our life. And it might not be, it probably more than likely will not be financial blessing or some sort of health blessing or something like that. But more than likely, it's just going to be that you're going to be filled up with the Spirit of God. And that God's blessing on your life will be an assurance of who He is and what He's done for you. And so as we engage with that this morning, we're going we're gonna to talk through these things. We've looked at um, submission in our first week, then we talked about confession, reconciliation. Last week we talked about the Lord's Supper together. And today we're going to talk about celebration. What does it mean to celebrate? How do we celebrate well? So in order to start this off, I need any kid who is like upper preschool through fifth grade, that's in Kids Quest, to stand on top of your chairs. Parents, make sure they don't fall. I need you to stand on top of your chairs. Come on, boys. Get big. Everybody up. Come on, Jacob and Nora. Get on those chairs. Don't fall, please. All right. I love it. How you doing, Ames? You good, buddy? All right, Ames, you're going to have to talk loud to me, okay? What's, what is your favorite thing to celebrate in the whole world? Jesus, okay, your church answer, I love it. Dan and Shannon, you guys are doing pretty good. All right, who's got a worldly kid? Big man, what's your favorite thing to celebrate that's not Jesus? Do you have a birthday or anything like that? Do you like to celebrate your birthday? Okay, birthday's pretty great. Yeah, stay in your chair, you're not done. We're staying up. All right, Nora, what's your favorite thing to celebrate? Christmas. We love to celebrate Christmas. Claire? Birthdays? Mr. Roberts? Birthdays? Anybody got anything other than birthdays? What's your favorite thing to celebrate, boys? Football. Football. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Luster boys. Okay, here's the deal. Kids, listen up. We're going to look at one piece of scripture this morning, and you guys are going to help me the whole time throughout the whole message. Okay? So I need you guys to pay attention. You're going to help me the whole time. Jesus tells us what the greatest commandment is in Scripture. He was talking to some people, and some people asked him, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? What's the thing that we should do above everything else? What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says this in Matthew 22, 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. So the greatest commandment is to love God. All kids with me. If I say, what's the first greatest commandment? What are you going to say? Say it louder. Love God. The first and greatest commandment is to what? Love God. And then Jesus says this. And the second commandment, second greatest commandment is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So you should love others, right? So the first commandment, the greatest commandment is what? Love God. And the second greatest commandment is to what? Love others. Let's make it simple. Love others. Love God and love others. Okay? So here's what I need from you kids. Throughout the sermon, I'm going to ask you that simple question. What's the first greatest commandment? And you're going to yell what? 
And I'll say, what's the second greatest commandment? Ooh, we got to work on love others. All right. What's the second greatest commandment? Oh, come on. Okay, parents, can y'all help them out a little bit? All right. So parents, you can participate in this as well. What's the first greatest commandment? Love God. God. What's the second greatest commandment? Love Love others. All right, kids, can you help me with that today? And parents, when I ask that question, you can help too. All right. We're all inclusive, equal opportunity employers. All right. Can you, can you guys make some noise for our kids today? You guys can sit down. You guys can sit down. We all love to celebrate. We love to celebrate. We love to celebrate birthdays, Christmas, various holidays. We love to celebrate our favorite sports teams. Hopefully tonight we'll be celebrating as well. As I was driving um, up here yesterday afternoon to get prepped for the the event that happened here last night, I was driving down I-70 and there was a car fully decked out in Bengals gear. Driving down I-70 like they were heading into the stadium. And then right behind him was a giant pickup truck with a personalized license plate that said Kelsey. And it was like they were coming after each other. But my hope is that tonight that that Bengals fan goes home with no celebration. The Chiefs celebrate well tonight. But we all celebrate. We all have things in our lives that we look forward to, that we celebrate. And the reason we do is because it's in our nature. It's how God created us. It's how God created his creation. Everything that God's created, everything in this life has something to praise. Scripture says that all of creation, all of nature praises the Lord. And we are creatures of God's creation. Celebration is in us. It's inside of us. It's who we are because it's who God is. Because we are created in his image. And so celebration is a part of our life. And we have a lot to celebrate in the life of our church. And so this morning, I want to do two things, really. I want to talk to you about a few areas in our church that are worthy of celebrating, and I want to celebrate them with you. And then I want to point you to Scripture as to where we can find true joy and joy to its fullest in this life walking with Jesus. Is everybody okay with that? Two things telling you about some things and celebrating and digging into scripture, all right? What's the first greatest commandment? And the second? Beautiful. All right, last night. Who was here last night serving at Blast? You guys are like silent. You guys aren't on board with this celebration thing yet. Who was here last night helping out with Blast? There we go. All right, we're here. Last night um, is a beautiful event. Blast Um, is an event where we as a church take time to give parents of foster kids a moment of rest where they can go do anything that they want on their own and we can just love on their kids. Um, So last night we had over 60 kids here. It's 18 or so different families that we were able to serve. And it took 65 of y'all to make it happen. Whether you were here last night serving or you brought donations up or whatever it looked like, it took 65 of us to make it happen. That is worthy of celebration. Not because it's like, hey, look how awesome we are, but because we've been motivated by the love of God for us through Jesus Christ to obey the first commandment, which is what? 
Love God. And because we love God and we've been motivated by Him, we obey the second greatest commandment, to love others. Thank you, Claire. Claire's crushing it over here. So in Blast, we took time to sacrifice an evening. Some of you sacrificed some finances. I know Leslie and her team and her family sacrificed some pretty significant energy levels. Right, Steve? To do this, to love on parents who need a break and to love on these foster kids who you probably will never see again. But it's valuable to God and it pleases the heart of God when we do that. And so it's worthy of celebration. So if you played any part in Blast last night, whatever it was, I want you to stand up. If you played any part in Blast last night, please stand up. Come on. Come on. This is hard. Let's thank God for them, but thank God for His great love for us. Stay standing. Stay standing. We're not done. So here's what I want. I want us as a church, we're just going to take 30 seconds. And I'm not praying over the people in this room. But I want to pray over those families that we served. I want to pray over those kiddos and all of their situation. Is everybody on board with that? Let's pray together. God, I thank you for these people who gave up their time and their efforts to, to love on these kids, to love on these parents, to give them a break. We don't know these kids. We don't know these parents, most of them. But we do know you and your great love for us and for them. And so, God, I pray that last night was a welcome respite to their crazy lives. And God, too, I hope that as they walk through this week, they're reminded, as they think back to the time that they had on Saturday, they're reminded of your great love for them. So God, we just pray for them. Lift them up. Keep them safe. And bless those kids. And all God's people said, amen. You guys can be seated. So we had the blast light night last night. But every week, every Wednesday night, Two or three guys from our church drive an hour and a half to St. Joseph to go visit men in a prison. Uh, Jim Bradner and Dan Brown. Is Dan here today? I haven't seen him. Dan's in Florida? Man, what a lucky guy. Um, so Jim and Dan drive to St. Joseph every week to go love on men who are in prison. Men, uh, and, and they walk through this thing called Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered, biblical 12-step recovery program. But the biggest thing that happens every week, every week when those guys are up there, is they present the gospel. They tell these men about Jesus and how he can save them. And over the past two months, it's, I, I love talking to Jim because he gets super excited about it, but over the past two months, two men in their group have said, hey, I've given my life over to Jesus for the first time ever. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. They, Jim and Dan go up there faithfully. They sacrifice their time, their energy. Sometimes they get halfway to St. Joseph and they get a phone call that says, hey, you guys can't come tonight. Head home. They, they give up of themselves to love on men who've been forgotten, who've been cast aside because of what they've done, who are men who are in the middle of addiction, 
to help provide a way out of their addiction, but mainly, mainly to point them to the person of Jesus Christ. Jim and Dan know what it is to receive the love of God in their life. And because of that, they're obeying that first commandment, right kids? What's the first commandment? Love God. And because of that, they are also obeying the second commandment, to love others. And in that, they are seeking to make Jesus known. Not for their own glory, not for their own, uh, to make themselves feel better, but because they know what it is to follow Jesus. And so that's worthy of celebrating. So, Jim, you're the only one here, so you got to stand up. David goes with you sometimes, too. Where's David? Jim. David can stand up. David, stand up. David goes, too, sometimes. Here's what I want to do. Stay standing, boys. Stay standing. We're going to pray over you and pray over those guys. God, I thank you for Jim and for Dan and for David and their willingness to go and serve these men, these men who are lost in the throes of addiction, in a place where they are alone, and to help provide a way out of their addiction, to help point them to the person of Jesus. God, we know that you've stirred in their hearts a desire to love you and to make you known. And so, God, we praise you for that. God, I pray for those two men, Brandon and Antonio, who said, yes, I want to follow you, God, that you would strengthen them, that you would reveal yourself every day to them while they're there. God, we love you, and I thank you so much for what you're doing at the prison. And all God's people said, amen. If you guys want to be um, want to know what's happening in that ministry, Jim has an email that goes out every week that lists, hey, these are the things we need to pray for. This is what happened this week when we went out there. So if you want to be a, be a part of that email, find Jim, put your name on that list, and we'll, you guys will start receiving those emails every week, okay? Um, so we had blast, the prison ministry, things to celebrate. About a year ago, pl- more than a year ago, uh, Amy Delaney and, and my wife started talking about what it looks like to participate in some of the refugee resettlement that's been happening in Kansas City. It's been happening for years. But what does it look like for us as a church to partner with this government-mandated refugee resettlement that's happening here? How do we go and support these families? And so over the course of time, they've started to partner with an organization called Della Lamb, and the, the goal is to do this, is to partner with this organization and to help, help a refugee family resettle in Kansas City, become self-sufficient, and that they're thriving. That's the goal. Can you imagine being a, a family with small kids, and you show up in a city where you've never been before, you might not speak the language, you have no other family around, you have no way of doing transportation, no understanding of the school system, the healthcare system, anything. And you're placed. And they say, go for it. That doesn't work. And so we want to partner with Della Lamb and with this family to help them to survive, to resettle, become self-sufficient, and thrive. 
So this is a place where we can do that. So Amy and her team, there's a team of about 12 to 15 people, are in the process of training. They're in the process of learning about what it looks like to be a part of this program, and they need more bodies to help them, because this is a whole thing when a family shows up. Amy told me this morning that um, they were told that, hey, you're looking at about three months from now, you could get a family. And when you get a family, you get one week notice before it happens. So you got to get your ducks in a row now. It means you got to be trained, you got to have your finances in order, you got to be ready to go. And so this is at the heart of God. Taking care of people, loving people is at the heart of God. To, to receive a family, they need $3,000 minimum. They're looking to have about $5,000 in the coffers so that they can make this happen. Right now, they've got about 1200 bucks ready to go. How amazing would it be is that if at the end of today, Amy said, hey, we're fully funded. We got five grand. We're ready to go. So after service today, during the fellowship, Amy, stand up. You can keep Claire with you. This is Amy Delaney. After, yeah. After service, during the fellowship, before you leave, if God's saying to you right now, hey, be a part of this in whatever way possible. If it's five bucks, it's five bucks. If it's 10 bucks, it's 10 bucks. But let's help fund this effort where we're partnering with people who are destitute and displaced, who need a hand, because we know what it is to receive the love of God. And we know what the first commandment is, to love God. And the second greatest commandment is what, Claire? Love others, that's right. And this is what it looks like to love others. And so if you're part of that team, if you're part of that training, if you've been engaged in this at all, would you please stand? Please stand up. Come on. There's a handful here. There we go. Make some noise for these people. Come on, Tracy. Stand up. So here's what we're doing. Go talk to these people. Let them know that you're supporting them. Financially give to Amy today to make this thing happen. But let's pray over this effort this morning. God, I thank you for this team of people who have said, yes, we recognize what it is to understand who you are and what you've done for us. We recognize what it is to love you, and we recognize what it is to love others. And so, God, as they endeavor to love on this family, as all of the logistical things need to come into place, God, I pray that you handle all of that, that your hand would be all over it. And God, that as we watch them serve this family, that we get to celebrate your love being shown to others. God, we thank you for their sacrifice. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. We've had blast, prison ministry, refugee ministry. And here's the thing that I don't have a way to like have people stand up and cheer. But I just want to tell you from my perspective, something that brings me great joy and celebration. is when I'm talking to you all, and you tell me things like this, hey, I had coffee with this person, and I've never really gotten to know them before, and I really enjoyed it, and I really liked hanging out with them. We got to talk about how God moved in their life, their story, to be known by them, and for me to know them well. 
It's called community building, and it's a beautiful thing. There are lunches and dinners. There are game nights, coffees with friends of old, friends that we've known for a long time, but also friends that are new. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. To hear stories of, hey, I want to gather a small gathering of women in my home, you know, four, five, or six, and then those women just say, hey, but what if we invite this person? What if we invite this person? What if we invite this person? And you all know what happened. Eighteen women showed up at this woman's house for lunch, and it was beautiful, and it was worthy of praise and worthy of celebration. All of these things that we've talked about, all of them, community building, blast, prison ministry, refugee ministry, all of them require one thing, and that's sacrifice. Sacrificing your own self-interest, your own desires, and trusting God. When we watch sports, sacrifice is the thing that gets us amped up. Last week, y'all watched Patty break his ankle, but the dude hops on out there, and then we see the meme of Andy Reid carrying him like Carrie Strug from the 90s. I still think the Carrie Strug one was way more impressive. To go up and do a vault when your ankle's jacked up and win the gold medal for your country. Whoa, what sacrifice. Sacrifice is what moves us to celebration. And so this morning, I want to look at just one section of Scripture. We'll sing a song, and we'll go eat some soup together. So if you have your Bibles, open them to John chapter 15. That's where we're going to be camping out today. John 15, starting in verse 12, and then we'll jump back uh, to, a, to, to an earlier section here in a minute. But this is, this is the passage I want to start with today. It says this, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. This is my commandment. He already told us the greatest commandment is to love God. And the second greatest commandment is to love others. And here Jesus says this, this is my commandment for you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Seems pretty simple. Love one another just as he has loved us. How has Jesus loved us? Has it just been this like surface level love of just, yeah, I love you, everything's great? No. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is foreshadowing what he's about to do on the cross. The greatest love is sacrificial. The greatest love is to love others with your whole life, laying down your own stuff and giving it up for the betterment of somebody else. And verse 14 says this, you are my friends if you do what I command you. You, you will be called Jesus' friends if you obey his commandment. His commandment is to love one another as he has loved you. But the obedience of obeying God's commandment here to love one another isn't a way that you are marked by 
to be Jesus's friends. Like, oh, if I just go obey what Jesus says to do, tit for tat, then I'm going to be Jesus's friend. That's not how that works. It's not a works-based thing. In fact, obedience of Christ's commandment is, um, is the way that your character is poured out of you. It characterizes a friend of Jesus. Sacrificing your life for the benefit of others. Setting down your own self-interest for the interest of others is the way that we love the greatest. Then Jesus, jumping backwards in verse 9, tells us about this love. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. The Father's love for Jesus flows to us. As the Father has loved me, verse 9 says, the Father loves Jesus, so the same way Jesus loves us. So I have loved you. Abide in my love. Remain or dwell in his great love. How do we abide or dwell in his great love? He tells us in verse 10. If you keep my commandments, if you do the thing that I've asked you to do, you will abide, abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. What is this commandment? What's his commandment? Well, jump down to verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you in a sacrificial way. This is the commandment. If you want to abide in Jesus' love that comes from the Father through Christ to us, the way that we can do that is by loving others sacrificially. And when we love others sacrificially, we are mimicking or uh, imitating the same love that Christ has. You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments in verse 10, and I abide in his love. So Jesus keeps his Father's commandments to love sacrificially. He does that all the way to the cross. And he abides in God's love. He gives us the example. And then for us, we can love sacrificially and abide in Christ's love. Jesus loved us so much. He loved us so much that he gave his life up for you. Think about that. A person, a person whom you've never met face to face said you are worth it to die on the cross for you. That's worth celebrating. That's worth celebrating. And when we give ourselves over to that, we learn to love God. And the more we give ourselves over to God, the more that we want to love others. Because it's what Jesus did for us. And then in verse 11, it says this, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus' joy comes 
by his, by his obedience to do the will of the Father. These things I've spoken to you that my joy, because of my obedience of keeping the commandment of my Father, that my joy will be in you through your obedience of keeping my commandments to you to love God and to love others. And when we do the will of God, when we love God and we love others, Christ's joy is in us, and it is in us to a place where it is full. It's brimming. It is overflowing. This is what a life of celebration looks like. Human joy cannot stand up to the spiritual joy that comes in Christ. Human joy on its own is lacking. It's incomplete. It's shallow. And when we're overtaken by the love of Christ for us, his love for us, our joy is filled to the brim, and it can't do anything but to pour out on others. And it might look like, hey, when your kid, because I, I got a kid who loves to color, uh, he brings you a picture of um, whatever Mario Kart creature that he colored that day, and he says, Dad, Dad, look at this. It's me not going, okay, son, and moving on, but me going, that's amazing. Celebrating him in some way because I've been filled with the joy of Christ. I've got a way to celebrate. It might be something simple like that. It might be just engaging with your coworkers and celebrating their efforts and what they do. And it might be celebrating the life of others as they give sacrificially to the cause of Christ because they know what it is to be loved by God and to love him and to love others. The joy that's found in Christ and his sacrifice is what propels us to obey Jesus' commandment. When we obey Jesus' commandment, we are abiding in his love. We are loving others because of his great love for us. The worship team's going to come up. and We're going to sing that song that we just sang. But here's my question for you. Do you have true joy in your life? Do you have true joy? Joy to the fullest. And if you do, game on. Let's go. Go let it flow out onto others. But if you're going, you know what? My my life right now is not full of joy. My life right now is hard and it is challenging and it is difficult. Let me tell you, the joy that comes from God is the only thing that can sustain you. You can go find joy and and some sort of happiness, but it will not last. It will not fulfill you. It will not sustain you in any way. But joy that comes from the heart of God, joy that comes from him through his sacrifice for you and your accepting of his sacrifice, This is what sustains us. This is what should raise up within us such a joy of celebration. Christ came to this earth and died on the cross and rose again on the third day for you and for me and for all of us and for this world. And so, the world is dying to know who Jesus is and it's our job to point to him with our whole lives, to love God and to love God others, to love sacrificially just as he did, and to be filled with his great joy.
So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing, come magnify the Lord with me. Come exalt his name together. And let's stand and be a people who are filled with the love of God. Come on, stand up. Let's stand and let's be a people filled with the love of God. And with our full voices in our hearts, we can say, come, magnify his name with me. Exalt his name forever. God, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done for us, for your sacrifice on the cross, and your great, great love for us. God, we know on our own, we can do nothing to bring us fullness of joy. But that we can find it in you and in you alone. God, as we worship, as we sing your praise, fill us with your great joy. Fill us with your great joy. And let our hearts and our voices sing out.